Welcome to the Alchemy of Business Show with your host, Steve Rogers. The Alchemy of Business Show is a podcast that mixes practical, actionable business solutions with soulful insights for anyone seeking deeper meaning in their lives and greater success in their work. Steve will be featuring purpose-driven leaders from all walks of life and getting insight into their journeys from failures to triumphs. So tune in to transition, transform, and evolve in every dimension of your business and life. And now your host of the Alchemy of Business show, Steve Rogers. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in or viewing in the Alchemy of Business show. Not sure how you got here, but however you did, we are grateful. And I am really, really thrilled today to carry on conversation, actually, with one of our guests. This is the first time we have done a part two on our podcast business show here. But the conversation was so intriguing and so important and so necessary. And I was so interested by it. And I'm hoping that our viewers and listeners are as well, that I just could not help but carry this over and flow it into a second segment. So we have Mr. P.T. Byers here. And P.T., uh, as you maybe listened on the last show, and if you didn't, I'm gonna give you a little bit of background on him. He is a South African actor and filmmaker and a phenomenal person, as I've come to learn after communicating with him on social media now in person and on my podcast show, just a sweetheart of a guy with a big soul. He's been seen in his acting career in many local TV shows and soapies, as they call them, in South Africa. And he had his debut uh, playing Dr. Dion Weiser in the uh, Kicknet uh, soapy Vinelanders. And in 2016, he also made his film acting debut in Stian Smith Romantic Comedy. And the English version of that is She Sounds Like Spring. I'm gonna let him tell you what the uh, South African name is. Uh, this was about a mechanic who uh, worked in a, in a car dealership in Johannesburg. And Linda, his beautiful and brainy redhead, where his romantic relationship began in the movie. He was inspired, though, on his own journey of challenges with his own obsessive compulsive disorder that he has and some challenges with mental health. As he is uh, a successful actor, he also has human conditions like we all do. And he was brave enough to bring this in and starring in the Afrikaans feature film, Skimmerson, which in English they're translating into sun, cry, moon. And in 2019, this um, young man battling with illness was uh, going to take his own life in this film. And the film unloaded and opened up into things about life and impact that just pulled me in. And what happened is I saw this film on, I think it was Netflix, and I was so moved by the film in so many ways that I reached out to him on social media, a private message. We had some communication back and forth. And I just wanted him to know how much his film and his work had touched my mind and my heart and my life. So I invited him on the show. And we are here to talk to him again on part two with Mr. P.T. Byers. So P.T., thank you again for being on the show for the second time. I am very honored to be here. Thank you for the kind words. Um, hello to all your listeners. It's really a big honor to be here. It's lovely seeing you again, Steve. All those beautiful sentiments right back at you. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Well, we got into talking a lot about your work and your film and your journey in the first episode. So for those of you that didn't listen to it, I hope you'll go back and connect some of these dots. If you're listening for the first time, it'll be easy enough for you to pick up and start here and listen in with what we'll be talking about today. But I first want to go back and let's jump into the, the way that you grabbed me. And that was in the, the film here. So the, 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 the film Sun Cry Moon, um, 
is just such a powerful, and it's uh, Schemerson. Is that how you pronounce it? Schemerson in uh, South African, Africana? Schemerson, yeah. That's, Schemerson. That's Schemerson. Yes. And so this film is a film that you wrote, you starred in, you helped get the funding for it, and you worked with all the actors and producers to make sure that this happened. So this was basically like birthing your own baby. So let's tell the audience, um, again, how this movie became so important that it had to be fueled from you into uh, to the, the light of the world. Um, Steve, as you've seen, the film starts with like one of the first things you see is that it says it's inspired by true events. And as you correctly said, uh, it's a... Uh, largely my own story that you know they say write what you know and um i i think i felt compelled to share yes that's afrikaans for inspired by true events um i felt i was i was being very open on social media about uh things i will go things i was going through with ocd i don't think i was doing it in a you know looking for attention kind of way but I was speaking pretty frankly about it. And the, the, the way people interacted with it and also sending me direct messages telling me that they have a, they have a need to talk about their things clearly showed me there's an appetite uh, to speak about vulnerability, to speak about our challenges. And also there's a stigma behind not speaking about it. I've done my honors majoring in creative writing and I thought making, to, making a movie uh, packaging this uh, this this subject in a movie maybe gives it makes it even a more palatable way to digest this t tough topic for people who 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 aren't necessarily fe feeling brave enough to to talk about their challenges. Well, you were definitely brave enough. I mean, that, that's what captured me in the film. And for those uh, going back and looking at the first episode, you'll see a clip that we played from the film with the trailer. You can go on YouTube and find that trailer. You can also go on Netflix and find this film. It is subtitled, and sometimes I get challenged subtitle reading subtitled movies, and I think this was one of the first um, I had um, watched that I, well, maybe not, but it was one that I that I watched fully through the first time and could not move from my seat after watching it. Uh, and it's in Afrikan, uh, the, and you would switch before and, and some of the other languages in the film a little bit, I believe, yeah. right? But it's yeah. subtitled. But it didn't matter. It was such a powerful film that your emotion and the actresses and actors that you worked with in the film, it just spoke to me and I'm sure to many others. So this, your first work of your art here on, on, on film uh, and out in the world has done a lot of good stuff. So I'm sure there will be more of that to come. And I have talked to many people in the world about their own work, whether they're technologists, writers, speakers, and artists, when they are coming from truth and being vulnerable and being honest and being willing to share, it is amazing how many people resonate with that because it just hits them upside the head of reality and realness that probably is happening somewhere, somehow, some way in their life. So were you surprised by the overwhelming response that you either got from these people uh, in private messages or maybe from the mental health uh, uh, community in uh, opportunities that you had from learning how to help others just by doing a film. So can you tell us what was your, your, your expectation of yeah. feedback and what the, the feedback has been? I'm so happy to hear this. And uh, Steve, you, you so eloquently put it uh, last time. I think you said, I can't remember your exact words, but it boiled down to, you know, when, when, when something's spoken, when there's a sincere emotion, 
that's being conveyed that it almost transcends language. And I'm so glad you picked up that 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 sort of pure emotion that we were trying to trying to portray. Um, to to get to your question, you know, there's this is a this is probably a topic for another day, and I'm sure you've you've spoken about this kind of thing often. There's always, as a human being, there's an ego element to us. And then there's like the spirit or the gut that's a bit deeper and a bit more knowing and a bit more wise. And it's interesting how these things often get interwoven, not interwoven, but can get confused. So as a professional actor, you know, I wanted to also, there was a part of me that wanted to create my own work. I went through, a, uh, I mentioned it in the previous one, a professional rejection or a bit of a disappointment. And I almost felt like I want to show people that uh, what I can do. And this was like on the ego level. There was this thing of like, I can make, I can make a movie happen. I can write it. I can act in it. I can make this happen. Um, and to that level, um, there was a fairly, there was a decent and a good, uh, there was a satisfaction when I, you know, when we sold the movie and we got a good uh, uh, financial return on it. And, you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking Hollywood uh, budgets here, but relative to the budget, we, 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 we did well. But then transcending that ego, almost like the, the worldly material level, people reaching out like yourself from, the, from, you know, the other side of the world, people sending me their messages on Facebook, people actually coming up to me. I was just speaking to a friend of mine, telling, telling um, him about this podcast I'm having with you. He was so excited because he also knew how close to my heart this whole story is. And uh, like, for instance, seeing a person, uh, a stranger coming up to me at a random event in uh, Pretoria, another city close by Johannesburg, where I'm sitting now, someone coming up to me and just telling me, listen, I can't explain to you how much this movie helped me to understand myself. And that brings a deep i think that 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 feels right that hits the gut and the and the and the soul and the spirit and the, uh, that hits the knowingness that transcends the ego and that for that i'm even more grateful well that's powerful one and i do i've done a lot of uh research in my own inter uh perspective and counseling and coaching and reading and meditation and prayer on this thing ego and iggy which i call it and the book that I wrote previously was uh, called um, The Iggy Principles, which is the reverse of the light and dark of ego. And I realized I was trying to find ways to overcome and get past my ego. And I became to realize that more is that balance. It, and you and I talked about it on this last show. It's having the ego is something that drives us to get done. So as your professional proving that this can done, proving that your skills are in a way that you can use it, you went, the ego does drive us. Yeah. And then the other side of that is if it's being done for good and being done for others and it's being done in service and it's being done for higher purpose, then what I call that is Iggy or inviting good in, inviting greatness in and inviting grace in. And it's when it's about sharing for the purpose of others, even if we're using our ego to get stuff done. Because yeah. there's no one on the planet that doesn't have an ego. There's no one on a planet that isn't going to sometimes get pulled more into their ego than Iggy. But I found for me, it was more of a dance and an understanding mm -hmm. of ego and Iggy than it was yeah. trying to get out of it. Because I knew it would never not exist because that is of the self. But I think what your movie does so well is it pulls so out of 
the self because you kind of open up yourself and you like show your inside out from your heart and your soul and then your body completely was transformed as well the ego of getting the 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 tenacity like i sometimes say ego is necessary it just gets shit done the ego yeah. does right so 100%. for you to have the discipline to transform your body and lose 30 pounds in the yeah. u.s standpoint there is an ego around that about how am i going to look how am i going to yeah. be perceived or yeah. you know is this going to portray so that ego thing i i think all of us can probably relate to that when we're on a mission when we're on a project when we want to do something but we're also doing it from a sense of proving to a father proving to a mother proving to society proving to someone else but hey, if it fuels us to get stuff yep. done with a good cause, that's part of the process. That's part of the alchemy formula, right? That's necessary. So I'm so glad that you're bringing that up. Um, and in this um, film, where there are scenes in it that were more challenging you from your ego of, oh my gosh, this is really vulnerable than other scenes that your acting was stellar because you were raw and real but your ego was saying oh man i don't know if i want to be that vulnerable were there certain scenes for you that really were like intense to get through more than another i yeah i i just i'm will answer that right now i just want to say i don't think i'll ever be able to repay you in spirit how much your your feedback and your appreciation of this film means to me so steve i just want to say that before i ever forget um there was, and you, yes, I'm. I just relate to what you're saying. I think it's like that. The, the, if the if the if the spirit is the compass, then the you said it right. Then the the ego is the fuel, and um, I think, like you, you referenced the 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 body shape, the weight loss I did. I think that's a very like an earthly metric, but it's earthly metric for a reason because it's. You know the how we present ourselves to the world is uh, through our physicality that's a you know first impression kind of thing just on an aesthetic base so i think that i think the shirtless scenes that was something where i was like okay here's a, almost a tangible you know a uh, 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 metric or something where where i um where i need to either convince the viewer or impress the viewer or or make the whether they grossed out whether they intrigued that is up to them but i think it's that like you know there's the, sort of the nakedness of the soul is through emotion uh, and being sincere but spe specifically the scenes where i was shirtless I, I was 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 challenging at first but then now that i think of it i think the scenes where the character has like a bit of an ocd um where he gets stuck in a loop where there's the scene you might be able to recall where he walks around in the kitchen and he's kind of like up and down frantically trying to get his mind under control. And uh, I think tapping into that, showing people that side of me, uh, because it was so meta, um, you know, that's also a letting go of the ego, really showing them what my PT, Bayer's OCD is like. So it's almost like, well, this is this is what it looks like in the basement. If I can help someone, great. But the basement isn't always pretty. Right, right. That, that's so true. And I, and I appreciate. And we're showing a slide here on this uh, that our engineer Noel just popped up. And for those of you can't see it, 
We'll be having these links in the show notes, but this is the cycle of OCD. And although mental illness comes in many different things from depression and bipolar disorder and all kinds of things, what was focused on in this film was um, the OCD cycle and what it leads to with anxiety and compulsion and obsessions and relief. And there's this bubble and you're talking about this loop. Does this visual here on the screen right now, PT, does this kind of look like what happens in your mind sometimes that it, it's like this loop of you, that the relief comes when, like I'm looking, it says anxiety, compulsion, obsessions, but then in, at one point there's relief. What was it that it, an OCD person who's heavy in OCD loop, what usually gives the relief for a period, a, a pause of a second, a minute, an hour? Where, so is that a, a fair yeah. assessment of that image? And then where do you get relief as an OCD uh, person? That is perfect. That cycle is, you couldn't have gotten a better, in my experience, uh, couldn't have gotten a better gr uh, graph. Um, it's it's a look. I'm I'm not a psychologist, but as you say, I'm someone who's living with OCD, and I'm so glad this. Lots of the things we talk about sort of dovetails into each other because it's not solving OCD or solving depression. It's living with it and managing it. Um, that's my experience, at least. So I'm not going to claim to be a psychologist, but I've. I've been I've been you know, I've been in many many a psychologist's chair, so I've learned quite a bit. Um, and the problem that I've found and that what I've learned with that trap, with that loop, with that cycle, is that if we have something that bothers us, if we feel anxious, if you have OCD, then you might do be doing something mentally or physically. Um, it's an irrational correlation where you think that something that you do will solve that anxiety. That's why we see almost cliched, but also true um, uh, manifestations and think of things like checking car doors, checking light switches, those kind of typical things we associate with OCD is because we want to check something to solve a thought or a feeling of unfixedness, a feeling of do more anxiety. Then we do the compulsion which is the, the C part, obviously, of compu uh, uh, um, the compulsion, which is the thing you do to try and fix the, 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 the unsavory or unwanted thought, then you get a relief, a, a brief sense of relief. But then the moment you, 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 you get another, the, the, if you solve it, it's almost like you feed it because then you start, it's like you tr start telling your brain, if you feel un, if you feel a sense of unease, you need to do a compulsion to feel better. At first, you thought there's like this irrational connection. Oh, maybe if I just check the light switches ten times, then it sounds bizarre, but my mom won't get ill. There's it's it's they call it magical thinking, where you make correlations between things that don't make sense, but the feeling is so it has got such conviction. And then you kind of feed this irrational response. Oh, once I checked the lights 10 times and my mom didn't get cancer. Oh, it must be because of that. So I'm just going to do that for in case it has a correlation. I know, rationally speaking, that's ridiculous. I know that. But somehow in it, there's a conviction. It's a feeling-based thing. So the trick really is, in my experience, is not to do the compulsions, is to starve the anxiety is, and it's so difficult, but not to feed into that loop, to get to, as they say, instead of solving it in content, solve it by getting out of the ring.
Yeah, that's powerful. Well, I, you know, I'm sure I've never been diagnosed, but I'm sure I have some version of OCD because I have patterns and things that I have to do to, to keep order. And if I don't have order and things in a certain way, my, my life does feel a bit more chaotic and it's probably on a, a more minor level, but I can relate to what you're saying. Uh, and I'm sure many people listening are, and, and that whether it's OCD, whether it's patterns or it's that relief that seeks, I know some of my friends and family members, associates have had teenagers or people that have done cutting where, and I'm not saying that's related to OCD, but mental health challenges when the mind, when it's not rational is trying to find ways to find relief from what is not connecting in the body and mind and soul and emotion and balance. And we don't know why sometimes that's a drink. Sometimes that's a drug. Sometimes that might be an OCD behavior. Sometimes that might be cutting, uh, whatever it might be. All of those things I'm assuming are symptoms that come from the mind not being exactly in sync as we wanted in that day or that week. And it's not unlike, you know, I just moved this last week. And so all my computer systems got reset up again. And all the computers, if they're plugged in properly, and if they're working and the programs are up, they work. But if you don't reboot the computer properly, or if it's not working, sometimes things don't talk well together. So the way to solve that is for me to have someone help me get it set up properly, get any bugs out of it that exist, and I seek help. So the same analogy in people seeking help um, for therapy, counseling, uh, programs. So let's talk a little bit about what the solution is of this. No matter what form of, you know, people that are uh, physically unfit will get physical trainers. They'll, they'll get nutritionists. But why is there, when seeking help in mental health challenges, why do you think there is still some sense of a stigma around this um, about either talking about it or getting help or asking for help. Let's talk about why there's a stigma and then let's talk about what help, what help is out there for people where mm -hmm. they can start. Uh, we've got we've only got about three or four minutes in this segment, but then we have a whole yeah. other segment to come back for. So let's start mm -hmm. on, on some of those topics though, PT. Perfect. Um, to, to be honest, I think the stigma has got a lot to do about our ideas of what weakness is. Um, I think maybe maybe masculine ideas of you know it's sort of harden up if you go through it if you're going through a tough time don't speak about it just harden up um, sort of get on with it kind of thing but the irony in that obviously is that it takes quite a lot of courage to be honest about difficult things so there's definitely a sense of bravery in opening up about it and so there's a bit of an irony in there. Um, the stigma is unfortunate. I think there is been quite a lot of work globally that I see that's breaking the stigma down. Mental health is definitely becoming more topical. It's becoming more okay to not be okay or to talk about it. And that doesn't mean we all, as they say, have to be like, you know, snowflakes, you know, uh, moaning about everything. It's not about that. It's about being sincere uh, uh, um, in what you're going through. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think for me personally, sincerity and communication has been an absolutely crucial step towards healing. Um, and yeah, for, for speaking out is the first step to getting to a good psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever the case may be. I think years ago, I used to self-medicate by drinking too much, uh, but the, 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 the issue was always there. So now I've just got a more healthy approach to it. Seeing a psychologist who who who, who practices CBT, which is called uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, that's something that's very important uh, or a very a very uh, efficient practice uh, when it comes to OCD. 
Yeah, and this the stigma of I think just asking for help in general, even if it's not on mental health, a lot of us were brought up that you know do it yourself. You made your bed, lie in it. Uh, don't ask for help; it looks weak. Whether it's a man or a woman, or a woman who feels like she's got to be the mom and the businesswoman and the and the partner or the spouse or look good or keep up with. We all have this thing that society puts on us. So I think that advice of really just breaking our own stigma and realizing asking for help is great strength. I mean, I found the more and more I became vulnerable, vulnerable in um, anything in my life, the more I was cracked open, you know, I was cracked open to power that I didn't realize existed there in different ways that I had not experienced empowerment before. So yes. I would encourage people that are struggling with anything in their, I mean, many people in businesses that are successful and flowing and top of the food chain are struggling with addiction issues, mental health issues. This is not something once you make money, this goes away. This is not something that only happens to teenagers. This is something that's part of our human condition and our human race. And um, I also think that the, there's so many resources out there. We're going to be putting some of these in the show links with hotlines and places to reach out to your healthcare providers that a lot of times will have mental health resources. Um, there's a lot of ways in which people can start to ask for help. And in that empowerment, then you can start a path of either just having where you're at, feel a little bit better and feel more peaceful and joyful in what you're creating. Or if you're deep, deep in a hole and you're really struggling in a very dark place, there is a way that the light can be shined in this dark place that does yeah. show there is hope, there is possibility. And we're gonna come back and talk about this because sometimes people are in such a deep, dark place and the pain is so great and the pain is so intense that the only thing they can think of or do and not be obsessed over it is the thought of suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, this is another thing that is featured in your film. Um, and we see it you know, many times with uh, teenagers in high school, with executives that, are in apparently great looking lives looking outside in. And then there is this sense of internal unhappiness or despair or um, conditioning that the only relief they can see in that moment uh, is, is taking their life. So I want this show to be about helping give people more vehicles to have better lives and to have the alchemy formula, to have resources and people that can have them find ways that they're valuable importance of who they are is valuable to stay on this planet, at least until they naturally are, are meant to go. So I'd like to come back if you're okay and talk about some of that. And then we're mm -hmm. gonna get into, when we come back as well, talking about the business side of your mm -hmm. business, besides getting messages across of these impactful things, I also wanna talk about what it's like to be in business as an actor producer. Um, mm -hmm. And then we're gonna have some fun segments that we're gonna do with a little bit of social media stuff. So we do mix a lot of stuff in from deep and intense to a little bit of light and bright and uh, fun. That's, so that's how's the that sound? Balance. <laughs> okay, sounds good, PT. All right, listeners, please come back and listen in. We'll have a uh, more different spices and savory uh, conversations here coming ahead. And thank you so much for listening in on the Alchemy of Business show. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. We were on a quick break and we have been here talking with Mr. P.T. Byers, uh, who's all the way from South Africa across the world. We've been talking about his film, Sun Cry Moon. We've been talking about business. We have been talking about mental challenges that all of us face. And we got so deeply talking about that that I started asking about one of the major topics that flies uh, throws through his film, which is that of someone feeling the need to take their own life. 
Uh, so we're going to start on a heavy note here, listeners and viewers, and then we're going to flow from that into some solutions. And then we're going to flow uh, into some conversations about business and arts and also some fun social media stuff we're going to deal with. So please stay tuned uh, throughout the show. We'll be digging uh, into these topics uh, in this next segment. So PT, coming back into this heavy topic. So um, one of the things that in this film, uh, Sun Cry Moon, um, and I don't want to give all the film away for, for sure, because I'm hoping that people will watch it. It's a powerful film. But it, it, it is, to me, a, a film about life and about love and about death and about yeah. transition and about transformation and about people helping each other and connection. Yeah. And there's so many meanings in it. But there was this, this uh, under, underlying and overwhelming uh, message about um, your character um, feeling a need to contemplate suicide. So let's talk about um, how mental health or OCD or depression or anxiety can lead someone to that path of feeling why that's the only way out. Yeah, Steve, uh, I, once again, it's one of those situations where I think conversation about this is so important. And at the same time, I'm aware that I'm, you know, neither of us are qualified as psychologists. So I'm speaking of experience purely. And um, I have... Uh, you know, I've I've had my experience with OCD, and I still, I still, it's still a, a daily thing. Um, and I've had some days where I, I, I think we all ruminate on thoughts to a certain extent. And if you have OCD, it's sort of a bit warped, and there's um, it's in excess. And I've had times, weeks, months where I, where I just, where I sort of, I, I haven't, I wasn't standing on that bridge as the character was in my life, thankfully not. But I know of people um, who have stood on that bridge, that specific literal bridge where that was formed, um, or have taken their own life in different ways. And yeah, I think it's a, it's such a difficult thing to comment on. and. Because it's difficult, that is even more reason why we want to encourage people, and I would want, want to encourage people, that if they feel a taboo or stigma or a darkness, that they can speak to professionals about it, that they can open up about it. Because that, honest, that one put, putting one foot in front of the other can lead to the answer that the one step out of the bed whether it's making your bed whether it's getting up and going for a run whether it's pitching up trying to just pitch up for some work meeting trying to almost behave yourself back into normality is a phrase i heard recently that behavioral thing often we don't lead with emotional change we do behaviors and that can lead to emotional change so i've often felt like literally just taking the first step even if i even if i've had a day where for eight hours i was ruminating ocd patterns in my thought getting stuck feeling like i can't make a breakthrough and i'm freaking out and i feel the worst anxiety and the worst guilt and shame all together wrapped into one and i feel like there's nowhere out sometimes it's literally just putting one foot in front of the other getting out of the house, speaking to someone, making a phone call, that is the first stepping stone to results. 
Yeah, that, that's powerful. And, you know, I think that that the old thought, the thought process of this pattern that we get, and we all get obsessive thoughts, whether we have OCD or not, about something we just can't get out of our mm -hmm. mind. And when I know people have thoughts of suicide, and I have people in my family uh, in different ways and friends that I know personally that have committed suicide. And one of the first things that sometimes people say on the other side of that is, oh my God, shock. And then one of the things that come from that, and early on, I was one of the people that said this, and I do no longer say this, was, God, that seems so selfish for mm -hmm. leaving everyone else behind. And now I realize after digging deeper on this from my own personal experiences with people in it is I realize it's not selfish at all in the space in which they're in. Their pain is so deep and so dark and so intense that they uh, that they have felt. And I, people have, have tried it and didn't quite get successful with it and had conversations with them about how did you get to that point? And it's the thought sometimes the world would be better off without them. Yeah. The, the world that this is the only way that I can end the pain. I've tried so many ways to end the pain, whatever that pain is, it's from abuse or from mental illness or from OCD or from losing a loved one and you're processing death, whatever it might be, this act, it is someone who desperately needs to have help. And like you said, it's one act. And so our thoughts create into our words into actions which create into deeds and all things in life. So sometimes the hardest thing, as you said, is to get your foot out of the bed on the floor to even brush your teeth. But my, my hope is that people realize that that one little tiny nugget of putting that out can lead to help. And so some of the things we have on our screens here um, that we'll be putting in the links are uh, for people to be able to identify anxiety and depression, for people to, to be able to, there's quizzes, there's tests, there's people you can talk to. For those that are in the workplace that are managing people and you have employees, what to look for on signs of depression, uh, on how things are with your partners or your employees or your coworkers, things that we've got some slides here that we're showing if you can't see them and they'll be in the show notes. But uh, Noel, our show engineer, if you would go back to the one about the depression one, and it's just got some uh, good images there of, of words. So if, if you personally or people in your workplace uh, here on the depression, it is it is a sense of anxiety, it is a sense of despair, and it is a sense of um, sad mood. Potentially, if you've had loss or tiredness, loss of, uh, loss of appetite, feeling uh, unworthy, difficulty concentrating, becoming more agitated than you normally are, sleeping difficulties, loss of interest in food or other people, changes in eating patterns. These are all signs that can start leading up that can sometimes avalanche into um, these processes. And so, you know, finding out earlier in the game why you're maybe off, sometimes it can be hormonal. Sometimes it can be diet. There is many, many studies that show the form of diet that we eat with either sugar or certain types of foods that we eat can sometimes change the pattern and the chemistry in the brain. And again, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a therapist, nor am I uh, a qualified medical uh, practitioner. However, I do read and I do listen to a lot of stuff about this. All I know is that my bottom line on this and uh, PT and you and I is that there is a way to get help and there is resources yeah. to, to put your hand out just for one point of being a little vulnerable that is probably really scary that can lead to a lot of help. And if you're an employer reaching out within your employee base, maybe having uh, things within your company that are awareness days throughout the month that you're doing stuff in mental awareness for having um, you know, counselors come into the workplace, offering meditation classes, offering yoga classes, 
Um, when you're doing employees assessments or assessing them for raises or for promotions, whatever it might be, putting some kind of an assessment in here that is a, an acceptable um, uh, uh, process that helps people assess themselves. There are lots of processes that we can go through to help bring up the conversation and bring up the topic so that people can bring up something that might be asked. If it's never asked, if it's never brought up and it's never talked about, about how are you feeling? Are you happy? Are you struggling? Are you joyful? Are you, is there anything that's weighing you down this week? Is there anything that's preventing you from being your best self? These kinds of questions when we're dealing with others, sometimes you don't know which question it's going to be, but it can open up someone to be vulnerable with you. So I'm not sure what your thoughts about that, PT, but um, I think that's at least a starting point. I think that's beautifully put. I can just re yeah, I can just echo what you said. Um, uh, yeah, no, you, I think you summarized it very well. I think if, Look, we're not here to make anyone paranoid unnecessarily. I mean, if you are doing well, then that is amazing. But we also know that we live in a time of hyper-stimulation. And yes, it's just, uh, I don't know if it's a, uh, my, uh, not to get too personal, but um, OCD is also, I believe, and I was speaking to someone, uh, a, a psychologist earlier, um, it is also genetic. Uh, there's a large genetic component to it. And um, I, where was I going with this? Genetics. Um, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to, we, we don't want to alarm anyone. Right, right. You know, it's, it's, if you're doing well, that's brilliant. We are just here to say that if there is that something in you that feels, either taboo or forbidden or bad but you know you feel like giving it a bit of a release or opening up about it will help then you can be brave enough people are willing to listen it doesn't make you a freak to feel like feeling like a freak doesn't mean you are a freak that means you're a human being yeah that's great love that quote feeling like a freak doesn't mean you are a freak it means you are a human being that's what it is. You know, so many times you try and escape from that raw side of life that doesn't feel good. The fear, the um, fear of death, the um, feeling unworthy, the dark thoughts. And we try and realize something's wrong with me. I'm trying to get away from that. And what I have found on my journey is the more I can embrace that, that it's part of it. Like it's part of the journey. And it's equally as part of the journey as the fun stuff and the joyful stuff. And the bird, I was sitting in my jacuzzi last night and there was these crows that were flocking through and they were just coming over and the sun was setting and it was just a beautiful rise and it was so easy in that moment to, to realize the beauty and peaceful and harmony of life that's an easy thing to do as a human being when you see that it's hard to be the beauty of life when it's painful and dark and you don't want to talk to anybody and you're feeling unworthy and you're feeling like you're not accomplishing anything and it won't stop it just won't stop that is intense and sometimes we self-medicate in a way for me mine was alcohol and I realized if I did that, it balanced me out. Oh, this worked for a while. Oh, I can do this and still function at the level that I wanted. Unfortunately for me, that ended up taking more control and it became lopsided that that became more important than anything else at some point. So I also, you know, without getting asking for help, without getting balance of professionals, without getting counselors or the right treatment, I wouldn't be sitting here speaking to you today. So I'm one of those people that realize no matter what it is, we all have this human condition and we all have a hole in our soul. It's just why we're here. You know, we're here to help fill that hole in the soul 
with more things than just social media feeds and with cars and with toys and with you know rings and status that is also part of the human condition and material world but it's also connecting to our inner self and our best self and understanding our mental physical emotional and spiritual side of life and i have found for myself that that spiritual piece of nourishment is so part and necessary of filling that hole in the soul on each person's own level on what they find that to be so we're going to talk a little bit more about spirituality later in the segment but felt a good time to tease that uh in yeah. there uh, so right. you're right. You know, being a freak is part of being human. Let's we have to find ways to embrace it, right? And I'm glad you're bringing that forth in the movie. So uh, we, again, we're going to be putting all these links uh, into the show notes for people to be able to access some of these images, some of these websites, some of these phone numbers, um, and finding out ways to have be part of the cause to help mental health health not be a stigma. Whether you're an employer, whether you're a partner, whether you're going through this yourself. We, we know that there are ways that uh, you can make a difference for yourself or others. So let's take advantage of doing that. Um, and we'll make sure those are in the show notes. So let's jump back into the alchemy of business topic of business. So I want to talk real uh, briefly here because we talked about some of this on the last segment. But making movies also takes money. Making movies also takes time, energy, focus, planning. You know, it's like planning any kind of an event it's a, or a project. So let's talk a little bit about the, about the, uh, the business side of this. So when you were uh, making this film, uh, you talked about you kind of just wrote it and it came through in a fairly short amount of time because you were kind of channeling it. But then the reality of getting it uh, on, on a screen and then sold to Netflix or other people. Can you talk a little bit about once you hit the last yeah. key on your keyboard or wrote the last note of the, 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 yeah. the, the movie and then it was ready to be, quote, turned into reality? Can you take us through that process? And then how does the business side of that work? Serendipitously enough to our conversation, it's very much in connection with what we're talking about, like taking the first step, you know, speaking up. I was asking people because I didn't know how to make a movie, you know. So the first step was also to start with speaking to people, starting to Google, starting to speak to people. Do you know how do you... How do you get funding for a movie? Do you know any producers? The, the one or two people that I know that work in those sort of producing circles, I would reach out to them and tell them, listen, I want to ask you advice. Um, uh, uh, I wrote a movie script. Would you, would you be comfortable with just meeting me for coffee or a Zoom call or whatever? I just want to ask advice. So I would start shopping around just by being honest with my curiosity and willingness to learn. Um, so I was starting to speak to different producers. I've sort of... You know, one step led to another. I was connected with a few different producers. I uh, met up with one that was interested. He said, well, let me have a look at the script. Read the script and found it interesting, compelling, and thought that there was a reason to tell the story. So we were brainstorming a bit together, and we got this idea at one stage to, what if we approach a pharmaceutical company and just speak to them. Maybe they, maybe they, you never know. Maybe they, they've got a campaign. Maybe they've got a reason to, to, to support a project like this. So we approached, you'll see the movie also starts the company, Sipla uh, 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 is, a, is a quite a big pharmaceutical, like Aspen or something, it's like a big pharmaceutical brand. And we made contact with them, you know, baby steps, reached out to them. Sometimes it just starts with an email into the void with the email address you get or you get a connection or you know someone who's got a who has a cousin who works for them or whatever baby steps where there's a wall there's a way so it was kind of like doing that kind of thing 
we spoke, we eventually, after months, got a meeting with Sipla, got to the right people, told them what we wanted, uh, told them our story, and they said, well, guys, your timing is actually very good. We are running a big mental health awareness campaign right now, and we'd love to sponsor something like this. It's not a massive budget. We can, we can, we can get behind this. We can sponsor this project as a part of our mental health uh, rollout campaign. And we couldn't believe our luck, and we walked a, we walked a path with Sipline. They, they were absolutely amazing. So we got funding, and they got to spread their message as well. That's powerful. Well, it reminds me of a, a couple books kept popping into mind. Uh, one is the book that Napoleon Hill uh, uh, wrote uh, so famously decades and decades ago called Think and Grow Rich. Uh, and Napoleon Hill wasn't just talking about being rich. He was talking about being rich in all areas of your life and manifesting the dreams and desires that you have, writing it down, putting it out there, uh, asking others for help, turning it over to the superconscious universe that kind of attracts you to getting stuff done, doing the work, taking the next relevant step, um, you know, adjusting to things that need to be adjusted. So that is one of the th thoughts I had when you were doing that. And then also the book um, Paulo Coelho wrote called The Alchemist that I love, which is more about a parable of life. And one of the quotes he has in that book uh, says, once the mind is made up and the work starts, the universe conspires toward your success. I love that. And I just love that. I love thinking, and that's how I think about my life. I love waking up every day and know I'm in, I'm in co-creation with the universe. Yes. And you know, whether it's the wind or the stars or the, the people or conversation, it's like being an artist of just having a blank canvas and putting paint on it and letting it be. We are all co-creators of our universe and we can create anything we want. Um, and so it. it sounds like you took that and then some and manifested this in a way. So kudos to you on that. And then, then uh, getting out of your own way, you said, like you didn't know how to do this, but you weren't afraid to asking for help. But then turning it over to experts who did know how to do it, that you helped probably lead the way on part of that. But then you learned by having them mentor and guide you. So I think that's a great example for us as business leaders, entrepreneurs, employees or teachers or whoever might be listening, asking for help. It's amazing how many people are willing to help. I, over my career as well, would reach out to very successful different people and would be surprised at who would respond back. I was surprised at who was willing to share because people, when they get to the top of the food chain, a lot of times, as that phrase says, it's lonely at the top. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people don't always ask for something um, that is expecting them to just give money, which is what a lot of times people want. They want their time, their talent, their energy, and they want to honor them and what their work is. So I would say, you know, putting that on our list here of the listeners of not forgetting to reach out to the experts in what, what it is you want to do and start asking, read their books if they have them, study their companies, check out their profiles, find out how they got on their own journey. You'll probably find that those people that are doing what you want to do, find out how they did it, you know, listen to who they are. So how long did it take from the time you finished your script to yeah. the time you started shooting your first scene? I think it was about a year and a, a year and a half. That's um, pretty fast in movie business, isn't it? It's very fast. And I was fueled. I, I was slightly off topic, Steve, but now that we're talking about business, a friend of mine, I, her dad did very well uh, in business. Uh, he was in accounting and started a big accounting firm. He said, 
now a bit of a light moment here in the in the in the more difficult topics. He said his formula for success is only one of three things. I mean, there's three things in his experience. Obviously, there's many ways to believe, but he said uh, a bit uh, a, a bit of a bad self. I know this sounds negative, but you'll get it. Because I only know it in Afrikaans, so I have to try, translate on the spot now. He said the formula, his formulas to success is one of is three. You need three things. You need a bit of a bad self-image, a bit of a, a, a bit of talent, and a bit of unfairness or a feeling of not being valued enough. And I was like, wow, that sounds like a very cynical way to think about it. But then the inverse of that I realized is no, what it's actually saying, he's actually saying is like your imperfections, that's your power. Like that's going to drive you. That's the fuel, you know? So I had this thing where I had this professional disappointment and then I was fueled. I was like, well, the ego is going to step in right now. As you said, get me out of bed and I'm going to show you. Yes, the spirit is going to deliver a, a, a truthful, sincere message, but I'm going to package it in a, in a courier in a courier package that the ego is going to, you know, shoot through within overnight. So it what it did happen quickly. And just to just to add to what you said earlier about those powerful books as well. Something I, especially when I went through a very dark time, but podcasts like Alchemy of Business, your podcast, these kind of things really helped me, really helped me reconstruct my mind in a positive way. And something I heard was. People, we often underestimate. We, 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 we sometimes overestimate what we can achieve in one year, but we radically underestimate what we can achieve in 10 years. And I, because often the start of something is just the first steps. It's like planting seeds. So, and then once the return on investment comes in financial ways or others, then, you know, it's sort of compounding. Yeah, absolutely. That's powerful stuff. Well, that seems like it's got to be a t-shirt. Your imperfections will drive you. That's the fuel. That's yeah. a t-shirt right there. <laughs> yeah, and I, I relate to what you're saying on that totally. And one of the things I talk about in some of the work that I do is in addition to making um, friends with my imperfections or my darkness is realizing that resistance is part of the process as well. When we Usually when we have a great idea, it goes, 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 and then boom, you start hitting some roadblocks. And a lot of times that's enough to slow people down. And what I realize is on the other side of that, breaking through resistance, breaking through the, it's almost like gravity. Gravity exists whether you're nice, not nice, whether you're black, white, whether you're yellow or purple, it doesn't matter. Gravity is always there. So this resistance that we have when we're trying to create, when we're manifesting new companies, new businesses, new films, there's a point where you flow and then you have resistance. And that is just the evolution of our consciousness creating in the universe. And that resistance needs to be broken through. And on the other side of that is great power. So I always say breaking through resistance is the price you pay for the dream you say you want. Wow. So yes, it's almost like getting your ticket stamp, like every time you want to. Yeah. And that's why when you have such a big, 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 huge dream, sometimes it seems so daunting. But so many stories of people in the world that had this massive dream and they just kept breaking through the resistance because yeah. they were not taking no as that answer. And on exactly. the other side of that, they found a way they found a person they found a miracle. So breaking through resistance is the price you pay for the dream you say you want, which you have. Yeah, done. 
I Good love that. We, we've got a lot of t-shirts tonight. <laughs> well, let's jump in. Speaking of t-shirts and some fun, uh, Noel, our producer, uh, our uh, show engineer and producer, I guess, uh, has uh, put together a few little things here on social media. We're going to wrap up with some social media and we're going to jump into a little bit about spirituality talks as we wrap up. We've got about five or six minutes or so left. So we have a segment here called Instantly Interesting Instagram. Yeah. And uh, what we do with that PT is uh, Noel, the engineer, goes in and he'll scan through people's social media feeds, in this case, um, Instagram. And he'll pull a few photos or images that look kind of fun and interesting or different. And what the rules are, it's simple. We take a quick dive on your photos on Instagram. We then pull up the interesting ones without any context. And you share and tell us more about what was happening in that photo. And it's like a speed round. So we'll yeah. just do real quick on each one. So if, for those that are not seeing the screen, if you're on audio, I'm going to describe the picture. If you're seeing it, you'll have the luxury of seeing it. So are you up for playingly, play, playing instantly? Interesting Instagram, Mr. PT yeah, Byers. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay, so here is a photo on Instagram that is looking like a younger you in a tuxedo with a bow, a bow tie, and it says, used to pretend like I was just too cool for school, and then it goes on. So what was happening in this image, and what caused you to po post this? Yes, so um, I had this, what felt like a profound realization of I always... I think we've got a pureness to us in our essence and we get tainted by life or think that we've got to compromise that to fit into the world. So I had this sudden realization of, wow, I used to cover the pureness because I thought that was weakness. And I, and this was, this is a, this is a, a, a photo of my final year in high school where I was still thinking I was too cool for school. I was trying to hide the pureness um, when I actually realized that the pureness, the imperfections, that's what, what's inside. That is the beauty. And that's why it finishes with, I was really just masking the secret of being too school for cool. I was always actually just, if I, you know, the pureness inside was yes. the realness. The, 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 the packaging outside is just pretending. Very cool. Well, that young kid uh, graduating from school in this photo, I'm not sure that he had in mind he'd be now a famous filmmaker, but way mm -hmm. cool is that. Okay, mm -hmm. next photo. Okay, here oh, wow. is a picture of somebody who looks like a grizzly man in the mountains sitting yes. with a dog in his lap in a room. So what's happening in this photo? So this was a photo shoot. Uh, I, I, this was a photo shoot for a story that actually also had to do with a film, Skirmerson, so it's very relevant. And um, we have, we've got a golden retriever and a chocolate Labrador. And our chocolate Labrador is quite the acrobat and an extremely abundantly lovable creature. And um, this is her showing, this is the, her showing that she's not a freak. She's just a, a Labrador being. <laughs> Love it. Okay, next photo, Noel. Okay. Oh, yeah. Here is a picture that looks like a very skinny man walking down what looks to be like a hospital corridor on crutches with something on his right foot. What's happening in this photo? Your, your, uh, your summaries, by the way, are very accurate. Um, they depicted well. So this was actually quite recently. This was about five months ago. I played a lot of soccer, um, football or soccer. I'm very, very quite into sport. 
we've got the soccer world cup coming up now almost and i broke my leg on the soccer field i was tackled and um i broke my leg in a league match um i'm not saying league match definitely um overly flatters my skill uh but yeah this is me just getting out of hospital just hearing i broke my leg and um this was a photo i sent to my soccer group telling them i'll come back stronger <laughs> i'll come back stronger and they usually say that that when bones break somehow it makes us stronger than other parts of our body or at least our psyche so uh yeah. good 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 well as we're coming into this final segment and again pt thanks so much for being now on two shows with me the first time i've done this we just had so much to talk about i want to wrap up with one of the things in the alchemy of business um, that we have is our mission is to help people make wiser decisions. We want to help people be more profitable and not just profitable in life, but also profitable in abundance of happiness and joy and the dreams that they have. And then also finding higher meaning and higher purpose in life and who they are. So as we've got some closing thoughts here in the topic of that around spirituality, how has your, from that high school kid uh, with that bow tie, to the guy walking down the hall with the uh, broken uh, ankle, how has your journey affected your view of what is spirituality? How do you define it? And how is it showing up in your life currently? Steve, um, you know, the words came up to me quite recently. I'm becoming who I was or becoming who you were. And it's interesting. I remember almost my first memories um, of being alive was a sense of wonder, um, a sense of connection to the universe, um, not, and not being able, of course, to literally say exactly what's out there, whether God is a man with a beard, whether it's the forces of the universe, whether it's the Big Bang. I mean, the details are... Is, that's up to you. But uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a sense of peace that sometimes I get to tap into when I let the noise go. And that peace feels infinite and big and gracious and kind and loving. And I'm almost dipping my toe into it right now. And you these kind of conversations and this podcast of yours creates a platform for that and helps me to helps me remind me of that but for me i've always had a spiritual connection i was brought up christian uh i'm not a i'm not a, i'm not a weekly churchgoer but i i read something quite interesting they once said I'd rather, and I've got nothing against churches, just the churches I used to go to ne didn't necessarily speak to my soul, even though I had a very strong spiritual component. And I read something somewhere where they said, I'd rather be, I'd rather be sitting in the mountains thinking about God. I, I, I'd like to be sitting in the mountains thinking about God rather than sitting in church thinking about the mountains. Mm -hmm. And I think we all find our church, our soul, our, our, our God in different ways. But I think it's all different names for the same thing. And um, I'm, yeah, I feel, I feel this question is going to stay with me now because I can feel I'm dipping into it. I'm not, I'm not explaining it eloquently, but 
I feel the all, God is the mystery, God is the all, the universe. And for me, there's an undeniable goodness and godliness. And you can call it whatever you want, whatever you will. Um, I'm in awe and I hope to serve it. Well, I thought that was spelt, uh, said very well. So I was understanding and tracking with it wholeheartedly. So I totally get it. And I'm also, uh, as a host of the show, not here to define anybody's religion or spirituality, but I love when it lights them up to explore explaining it as you just did and that it explores that desire to even think about it more and then show up on mountaintops or in valleys or in jungles or in churches or wherever people end up, that that is becoming more and more of the reality, not less. Uh, and I think more of those moments we can have that turn into hours and days and weeks and months that we realize this higher presence or this higher energy is with us all day, every day. And we're able to tap into it at any moment and because it's always there. So for me, I have a very similar description as you do. I don't you know, personally have a, a vision of a, a guy or a gal on a white uh, you know, robe somewhere. Yeah. I just believe that God is energy and energy is made up of all things. And it's the most intelligent energy that exists in any universe, any planet. And it is all of those things in one. So energy, you know, God is just the sum of all that is. Yes. Um, so, you know, God is the sum of all that is. That means it's in this conversation. It's in your movie. It's in the work I do with clients. It's in interacting with my grandkids. It's, it's in when someone cuts me off on the freeway. There's energy in all things. And so that is then an experience for us to be able to have and show up as we define our own lives of our own practice as a spirituality. So I love that you're doing that and bringing up that conversation within your film because the underlying film for me was about the great, wonderful gift that we were given to be on this planet for a blink of an eye called life. And this life is worth living. And we are here to be our best selves and our best expression of selves. And sometimes when we lose track of that, because we are all freaks in a human condition and that's part of the process and we forget that. And one other human being with a smile or a conversation or a hug or a care can help change somebody's world in an instant. And I think you are doing what I encourage and hope all people can do, which is how can I make a miracle in someone else's life today? And so you're doing that. So for all of our listeners, I wanna thank you for that. So P uh, PT, any closing thoughts before we wrap up with you today? And I want to thank you so much for being on our show. I want to thank you for your film, Sun Cry Moon. We're going to make sure we have that in the show notes and uh, I'll be promoting this to all that I know because I love the film and I love the message and I love what you're doing. And I love you for the human spiritual being that you are. The, the love is so mutual and your, your listeners, thank you for Thank you for being here. Thank you for being open to this conversation. Thank you, Steve, for being open to the film and the spirit. Uh, the love is really mutual. And that the God is the sum of all there is. You just put it so well. I'm looking forward to telling my mom and her, her, her partner, who happens to be a psychiatrist, he's going to be very chuffed to hear that one. So, so I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, thanks for giving me goosebumps now. It, it, it reminds me of the spirit that connects us. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, Noel, for show engineering and getting the show ready. Thank you to my listeners and viewers. Thank you to Mr. P.T. Byers. And we will make sure we are back again with interesting conversations that help everyone find ways to make wiser decisions, find higher profits and abundance in their life and find higher purpose and meaning with all that you do while you're on this planet. Thanks for listening in. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the show, leave a comment. We'd really appreciate it. Make it a great day. Thanks, everyone.
And that concludes this episode of The Alchemy of Business with your host, Steve Rogers. If you found value in today's broadcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing with friends, and leaving a review. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next Thursday for another episode. Be blessed and see you soon.